Chapter Ninety Three of the House by the Churchyard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The House by the Churchyard by Joseph Sheraton Lafano. Chapter Ninety Three, in which Doctor Toole and Dirty Davy confer in the blue room the coach rumbled along toward dublin at a leisurely jog notwithstanding the firm front mr low had presented dangerfield's harangue had affected him unpleasantly clough's little bit of information respecting the instrument he had seen the prisoner lay up in his drawer on the night of the murder and which corresponded in description with the wounds traced upon stirk's skull seemed to have failed the handle of dangerfield's harmless horsewhip his mind misgave him was all that would come of that piece of evidence and it was impossible to say there might not be something in all that dangerfield had uttered is it a magnetic force or a high histrionic vein in some men that makes them so persuasive and overpowering and their passions so formidable but with dangerfield's presence the effect of his plausibilities and his defiance passed away the pointed and consistent evidence of stirk perfectly clear as he was upon every topic he mentioned and the corroborative testimony of irons equally distinct and damning the whole case blurred and disjointed and for a moment grown unpleasantly hazy and uncertain in the presence of that white sorcerer readjusted itself now that he was gone and came out in iron and compact relief impregnable run boys one of you and open the gate of the mills said low whose benevolence such as it was expanded in his intense feeling of relief twill be good news for poor mistress nutter she'll see her husband in the morning so he rode up to the mills and knocked his alarm as we have seen and heard and there told his tidings to poor sally nutter vastly to the relief of mistress matchwell the blind fiddler and even of the sage dirt davy for there are persons upon the earth to whom a sudden summons of any sort always sounds like a call to judgment and who in any such ambiguous case fill up the moments of suspense with wild conjecture and a ghastly summing up against themselves can it be this or that or the other old buried distant villainy that comes back to take me by the throat having told his good news in a few dry words to mrs sally mr low superadded a caution to the dark lady downstairs in the face of which she being quite reassured by this time grinned and snapped her fingers and in terms defied and even cursed the tall magistrate without rising from the chair in which she had re-established herself in the parlour he mounted his hunter again and followed the coach at a pace which promised soon to bring him up with the lumbering conveyance for mr low was one of those public officers who love their work and the tenant of the brass castle was no common prisoner and well worth seeing 
though at some inconvenience safely into his new lodging next morning you may be sure the news was all over the town of chapel is it all sorts of cross rumors and wild canards of course were on the wind and every new fact or fib borne to the doorstep with the fresh eggs or the morning's milk and butter was carried by the eager servant into the parlor and swallowed down with their toast and tea by the staring company upon one point all were agreed mr paul dangerfield lay in the county jail on a charge of having assaulted dr stirk with intent to kill him the women blessed themselves and turned pale the men looked queer when they met one another it was altogether so astounding mr dangerfield was so rich so eminent so moral so charitable so above temptation it had come out that he had committed some said three others as many as fifteen secret murders all the time that the neighbors had looked on his white head in church as the very standard of probity and all the prudential virtues rewarded they were admiring and honoring a masked assassin they had been bringing into their homes and families an undivulged and terrible monster the werewolf had walked the homely streets of their village the ghoul unrecognized had prowled among the graves of their churchyard one of their fairest princesses the lady of belmont had been on the point of being sacrificed to a vampire horror curiosity and amazement were everywhere charles nutter it was rumored was to be discharged on bail early and it was mooted in the club that a deputation of the neighbors should ride out to meet him at the boundaries of chapel is it welcome him there with an address and accompany him to the mills as a guard of honor but cooler heads remembered the threatening and unsettled state of things at that domicile and thought that nutter would all things considered like a quiet return best which view of the affair was ultimately acquiesced in for mary matchwell at the mills the tidings which had thrown the town into commotion had but a solitary and a selfish interest she was glad that nutter was exculpated she had no desire that the king should take his worldly goods to which she intended helping herself otherwise he might hang or drown for aught she cared dirty davy too who had quaked about his costs was greatly relieved by the turn which things had taken and the plain truth was that notwithstanding his escape from the halter things looked very black and awful for charles nutter and his poor little wife sally dr toole at half-past nine was entertaining two or three of the neighbors chiefly in oracular whispers by the fire of the great parlor of the phoenix when he was interrupted by larry the waiter with your horse is at the door doctor toole was going into town but was first to keep an appointment at dr stirk's with mr low and continued larry there's a fat gentleman in the blue room wants to see you if you please hey ho let's see then said little toole bustling forth with an important air the blue room eh 
when he opened the door of that small apartment there stood a stout corpulent rather seedy and dusty personage at the window looking out and whistling with his hat on he turned lazily about as Toole entered and displayed the fat and forbidding face of dirty davy oh i thought it might be professionally sir said Toole, a little grandly for he had seen the gentleman before and had by this time found out all about him and perceived he had no chance of a fee it is professionally sir quoth dirty davy if you'll be so obliging as to give me five minutes with that amiable egotism which pervades human nature it will be observed each gentleman interpreted professionally as referring to his own particular calling so Toole declared himself ready and prepared to do his office and dirty davy commenced you know me i believe sir mr david o'regan as i believe answered Toole. the same sir replied davy i'm on my way sir to the mills where my client mrs nutter here Toole uttered a disdainful grunt resides and i called at your house doctor and they sent me here and i am desirous to prove to you sir as a friend of miss sarah harty styling herself mrs nutter that my client's rights are clear and irresistible in order that you may use any interest you may have with that ill-advised female and i'm told she respects your advice and opinion highly to induce her to submit without further annoyance and i tell you in confidence she has run herself already into a very serious predicament well sir i'll be happy to hear you answered Toole. tis no more sir than i expected from your well-known candour replied dirty davy with the unctuous politeness with which he treated such gentlemen as he expected to make use of now sir i'll open our case without any reserve or exaggeration to you sir and that dr Toole, is what i wouldn't do to many beside yourself the fact is in a nutshell we claim our conjugal rights why sir because sir we married the apognate charles nutter gentleman of the mills and so forth on the seventh of april anno domini seventeen fifty in the church of st clement danes in london of which marriage this sir is a verbatim copy of the certificate now sir your client i mean your friend mistress mary harty who at present affects the state and usurps the rights of marriage against my client the rightful mrs nutter performed and celebrated a certain pretended marriage with the same charles nutter in chapel is a church on the fourth of june seventeen fifty eight seven years and ten months wanting three days subsequent to the marriage of my client well sir i see exactly sir what you'd ask is the certificate genuine Toole grunted an assent well sir upon that point i have to show you this and he handed him a copy of mr luke gamble's notice served only two days before to the effect that having satisfied himself by inquiring on the spot of the authenticity of the certificate 
of the marriage of charles nutter of the mills and so forth to mary duncan his client did not mean to dispute it and sir further as we were preparing evidence in support of my client's and her maid's affidavit to prove her identity with the mary duncan in question having served your client i mean sir asking your pardon again your friend with a notice that such corroboratory evidence being unnecessary we would move the court in case it were pressed for to give us the costs of procuring it mr luke gamble forthwith struck on behalf of his client and admitted the sufficiency of the evidence now sir i mention these things not as expecting you to believe them upon my statement you see but simply to inquire of mr gamble whether they be true or no and if true sir upon his admission then sir i submit we're entitled to your good offices and the judicious interference of the reverend mr roach your respectable priest sir my friend sir not my priest i am a churchman sir as everybody knows of course sir i ask your pardon again dr toole sir your friend to induce your client friend i mean again sir mistress sarah hearty formerly housekeeper of mr charles so he pronounced it nother gentlemen of the mills and so forth to surrender quiet and peaceable possession of the premises and chattels and withdraw from her torturous occupation decently and without provoking the consequences which must otherwise follow in the severest of forms or as he pronounced it forums the severest o grandmothers humbug and flummery sir cried toole most unexpectedly incensed and quite scarlet do you mean i'm a liar sir is that what you mean demanded dirty davy suddenly like the doctor getting rid of his ceremonious politeness i mean what i mean and that's what i mean thundered toole diplomatically then tell your friend to prepare for consequences retorted dirty davy with a grin and make my compliments to your client or conjurer or wife or whatever she is and tell her that whenever she wants her dirty work done there's plenty of other dublin blackguards to be got to do it without coming to dr thomas toole or the reverend father roach which sarcasm he delivered with killing significance but dirty davy had survived worse thrusts than that she's a conjurer is she i thank you sir you're easily obliged sir says toole we all know what that means and these documents sworn to by my client and myself is a pack of lies better and better i thank ye again sir you're welcome my honey rejoined toole affectionately and you live round the corner i know your hall door sir a light brown wait a brass knocker which is a fine likeness of your own handsome face sir retorted toole and them two documents sir is a fabrication and a forgery backed up with false affidavits continued mr o'regan 
mind that larry says the doctor with a sudden inspiration addressing the waiter who had peeped in he admits that them two documents you see there is forgeries backed up with false affidavits you heard him say so and i'll call you to prove it you lie said dirty davy precipitately for he was quite disconcerted at finding his own sophistical weapons so unexpectedly turned against him you scum of the earth cried tool hitting him with his clenched fist right upon the nose so vigorous a thump that his erudite head with a sonorous crash hopped off the wainscoat behind it you lion scullion roared the doctor instantaneously repeating the blow and down went davy and down went the table with dreadful din and the incensed doctor bestrode his prostrate foe with clenched fists and flaming face and his grand wig all awry and he panting and scowling murder 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 screamed dirty davy who was not much of a spartan and relished nothing of an assault and battery but the costs and damages you 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 murder help help murder murder say it again you cowardly sneaking spying viper say it again can't you it was a fine tableau and a noble study of countenance and attitude such a bloody nose i never seen before grinned larry rubbing his hands over the exquisite remembrance if you only seed him flat on his back the great old snake with his knees and his hands up bawling murder and his big white face and his bloody nose in the middle like nothing in nature be dad but the ace of hearts is a dirty pack how they were separated and who the particular persons that interposed what restoratives were resorted to how the feature looked half an hour afterwards and what was the subsequent demeanour of dr toole upon the field of battle i am not instructed my letters stop short at the catastrophe and run off to other matters dr toole's agitations upon such encounters did not last long they blew off in a few thundering claps of bravado and defiance in the second parlour of the phoenix where he washed his hands and readjusted his wig and ruffles and strutted forth squaring his elbows and nodding and winking at the sympathizing waiters in the inn hall and with a half grin at larry well larry i think i showed him chapel is it eh said the doctor buoyantly to that functionary and marched diagonally across the broad street toward stirk's house with a gait and a countenance that might have overawed an army end of chapter ninety three recording by john brandon